0: Welcome to another episode of Focus Points, where we ask one simple question. What do we need to know in order to profit more from reading this book of the Bible? Let's look at another book of the Bible together so that we can better know our God and His Word. Today we're going to be covering the book of Amos. Amos is the first of the prophetic books that we're going to be reading in our Bible reading program. Now, it's the first in our program, but it's not really the first in any way when it comes to looking at all the prophetic books, all right? It's not the longest. It's not the most important. It's not the first one that was ever written. It's not even the first one in the, our Old Testament. If you're just paging through, the first one you come across is not actually Amos. So you might ask why uh, are we reading that one first of all? Well, there's a few reasons why Amos comes first on our schedule. Uh, one of those reasons is is, is a very early prophet. All right, it was written within uh, about 200 years after King David died, but you're still 200 years away from uh, the Babylonians coming in and actually taking over the land of Judah. So it does come early as far as when compared to the majority of the rest of the prophets. But more importantly, Amos really gives us a right perspective in its short nine chapters on how we should approach reading and understanding and just thinking in general about these prophetic books. Now, when we talk about prophetic books, I'm talking about uh, books like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, those are the major prophets, you might hear people say. And then you have 12 minor prophets, minor not because they're insignificant, but just minor because they have, they take up less space, All right, They're just smaller in, in the amount of space they take up in our Bible. So what about Amos helps us to understand the rest of the prophetic books? Well, Amos really has three main themes, and really you could probably add a fourth one on there. But these three or four main themes are pretty much found in every single one of the prophetic books, no matter if you're in Isaiah, you're in Jonah, or you're in Malachi, all right? They're just all over the place, and Amos really uh, shows that clearly. It's the basic themes of God, who is he and what he does, sin, what are the people guilty of, Judgment, what is God going to do about the sin? And then also hope or restoration, what will happen after God judges the sin of the people? Amos is a perfect book to kind of trace those themes through and help you pr- get prepared to read the rest of the books, of the prophetic books. A second thing that Amos gives us is it's really a focus on all peoples of the earth. There are a lot of judgments on other nations. Yes, God judges, he pronounces judgment on Judah and Israel, but it really is all peoples of the earth. And that's something you're going to see throughout the uh, prophetic books, especially when you get into Isaiah or Jeremiah. There's this big concern about what God is doing with the Gentile nations as well as with his chosen people. Amos is also very preachy. Now, that might seem like a bad thing at times. We say, oh, that person got really preachy. But Amos is preachy, all right? Yes, he's talking about future events, but the prophets weren't just about predicting the future. They were also preaching to the to the sins and the needs of their day, and everything they said about the future somehow was to be applied to the people today. For instance, they say, judgment is coming, all right? Application for today, repent, or God's future restoration is going to come, application for today, trust God to help you today to do what you need to do. So Amos is very preachy, and that I think when we see that in Amos, it'll become more and more clear in the other prophets how they are preaching, not just predicting. A final thing that Amos really helps us to understand as we approach the minor prophets is who these men are. Amos, although he is a prophet, that was not his occupation. Amos tells us in his book that he was a shepherd. But he was a common, everyday layperson who was given a message by God to the people. And Amos had to go outside of his comfort zone and preach a hard message and, being, and was resisted against by the spiritually elite, these other priests and things that were around him. But he was a faithful man. And that's an important thing to look at when we look at the prophets who are writing these things. These were not perfect men. They were sinful men, just like everyone else who's ever walked this earth apart from the Lord Jesus. And so as you read these these, uh, prophetic books, starting with Amos, just remember these men had struggles, and sometimes those struggles are mentioned right there in the text. And take heart, because God is still going to use these men despite their struggles, just like God might use us despite where we might struggle with him so what's the main idea with the message of amos well here's the message that i would uh, encourage you to look for god judges the sin of the nations god judges the sin of the nations. And you can see this theme reflected, this broad world theme in in one sense. You can see it reflected just in the structure of the book. All right, the first two chapters are talking about all these different nations that are going. You have this pattern for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, and there's just this theme of God looking at the nations and he is judging them. And it's interesting, he's not always judging them because of how they've treated. God's special people of Israel or the nation of Judah, he sometimes is even judging these Gentile nations for how they treat each other. In other words, God is concerned with everything that's happening on his earth that he created. So those are really the first two chapters. Chapters 3 through 6, generally speaking, is t- talking about God, God's condemnation of Judah of, uh, sorry of Israel's sin. All right, God is looking at Israel and saying, this is everything that's wrong with you. Chapter seven, eight, and nine, there's a lot of visions and accusations, and then there's a conclusion, a very joyous conclusion of what God is gonna be doing after all these judgments come, all right? The tabernacle of David, God is going to set back up, and there is this great restoration that happens. So you have this big theme, God judges the sin of the nations. What are some of the other themes that you can follow through as you read through this? Well, just ask yourself, what is Amos saying about God? There's a lot that he says. I think you can categorize it in two pretty big ways. First of all, God is the creator. All right? He makes the light and stars and mountains, chapter 4, verse 13. He makes heaven his home, chapter 9, verse 6. He controls animals, chapter 4, verse 9. And it's interesting, God, because God is creator of everything in this world, that is why he has the authority to judge all the nations. He's not just the God of Israel, although he has a special relationship with them. He's also the God of the whole world, and that's why every man in every nation from every era, is ultimately responsible to God. So God is the creator, but God is also the good God to his people. He's the one who chose them, chapter 2, verse 3. He redeemed them out of bondage. He graciously saves them from absolutely being destroyed, chapter 5, verse 15. And then in the end, he restores peace and prosperity in the future. So that is some of the things that Amos is saying about God. But Amos also talks a lot about sin. All right, generally he talks about the sins of the nations against other nations. Uh, Specifically, he talks a lot about the injustice that the powerful and the leaders in Judah and Israel, how they were misusing their positions to really cause injustice and harm to those below them. Slavery, chapter two, verse six, persecuting the poor, uh, causing others to break vows, telling the prophets essentially to shut up, all right? We don't want to hear your message. All these things, though, that caused injustice were rooted in one single problem, and that is bad religion. That was the key issue. It wasn't how they were treating another. They didn't just need reform. They needed a transformation in their heart because their bad religion, in their bad religion, they were trying to worship God but do it their way. You'll notice when you read through this book, you're going to see Dan and Bethel mentioned quite a few times. Those were the two places where Jeroboam, the first king of the northern kingdom, set up his two um, altars that were meant to mimic the golden calf from the wilderness that Aaron had made, and he said, this is your God. That's what Jeroboam said. This is Yahweh who brought you out of Egypt. Worship these two things, and so they were technically worshiping the one true God, but doing so in such a way that they made God to look like all the other, uh, all the other little gods that were around them. So they had this heart issue that was really the cause of all these injustices that they would live out before one another. But really their greatest sin that Israel is condemned for is their resistance. They were constantly resisting God's call to repent. You can see that in chapter two, verse four. And even though God designed all of his judgment to bring them back to himself, you can see that chapter four, verses six through 10, Even though God is judging and he wants them to come back, they are resisting and being stubborn. And that brings us into the third and final theme. So we have God, we have sin, and now we have judgment. And judgment in Amos is of certainty. It's going to happen. God says in chapter 7 verse 8, certainly I will not pass them by anymore. In other words, the time has come. Judgment's coming. God's judgment is very specific. Notice how many times it's not just judgments coming. It talks about fire and exile and death, the removal of God's presence. Even when Israel tries to seek him, All right, God says, no, as a part of my judgment, you're going to try to find me, but you will not be able to find me, um, and that's just a part of my judgment. And then we also have God talking about the day of the Lord. And we'll get into more of what that is when we start talking about Joel, Obadiah, and Zephaniah a little later on. But it's the day that the Lord comes and he judges according to what he finds. So for those who are doing what is right, the day of the Lord is a time of great rejoicing because God judges them he, or he tests them. He sees that they're righteous and they receive blessing. For those who are in the wrong, it is a day of great, great loss. So I hope that as you're reading through the book of Amos that you really see some of those big themes. God, sin, judgment, and we really didn't talk much about restoration that comes at the very end of Amos chapter 9. But as you read through the rest of the prophetic books, Hosea's coming next, and then comes Isaiah. Look for those themes, and I think you're going to see a lot as you do. But as you take a few days to read through the book of Amos... Read it, read it carefully, and ask, what is this teaching about God? What sin is this revealing? How is God sealing with sins? And remember, the message is straightforward. God judges the sin of the nations. May God bless you as you read the book of Amos this year.